fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, big show, monumental show on fantasy football today. First time ever, we're going to hear from you, your voices on the podcast. I am Adam Azer. He is Jamie Eisberg, two-man show today. What's up, Jamie? Are you excited? This is the most excited I've been since we interviewed the diehard writer, Stephen D'Souza. I can't wait. I've never been more excited about a June 26th podcast in my life. Exactly. Exactly. And it is June 26th, so that means we have time to like read emails, take you calls. You know whose birthday it is today? Will Brinson's birthday. Mr. Ragu himself, Will Brinson. Are you calling him that because he went grocery shopping and bought our magazine and put a picture of it up? And ragu. He bought ragu? Yeah. Who buys ragu? That <laughs> as, is uh, terrible. Prisco, as P. Prisco drink said, um, that's an insult to cooking anywhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, by the way, um, these calls today are being brought to you by ragu, so please check out their <laughs> lovely products. All right, hey, listen, we don't have a lot of time to dilly-dally here, so I want to do one thing before we get to the phone calls, and really they're Skype calls. I want to talk about a player I think that, to me, represents the first tough decision drafts. And that player is James Conner. Because I know how I feel about the top four running backs. I know how I feel about Melvin Gordon. I know how I feel about the top wide receivers. Uh, Conner, to me, is, uh, is, is a little tougher. So why don't you tell me where you stand on James Conner? I struggle a little bit with, and right now I have Conner ranked ahead of him, but Conner and Joe Mixon. Because I think... I had uh, the the tackle for the Bengals, uh, Jonah Williams, Williams, uh, not had the shoulder injury yesterday. I would have felt a lot more confident in Joe Mixon. But Connor, if the Steelers do get away from what the Steelers have been under Mike Tomlin, which is what everyone out of Pittsburgh seems to be saying, and they start to use multiple backs, it's going to be tough to call Connor a first-round pick. So I, I really went through the game logs and figured out why I'm nervous about James Conner. I knew there was a reason, I, and now I know what it is. Because he was a monster against terrible opponents? So that's one thing. He really, he really kind of beat up on four teams in particular, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, and Cleveland twice. So those four teams, or those three teams over four games, all allowed 4.65 yards per carry or more to running backs. They were all among the 10 worst teams against running backs. He is He was the only running back to rush for 100 yards against Baltimore. He did that on 24 carries. But really, when you look at James Conner, I think what, what stood out, what made him go from just very good to elite was the receiving numbers. And, Jamie, that is where I get concerned because Jalen Samuels kind of you know got better as the year went on, became more involved in the passing game. Really, mostly when when Connor was out for three games, but then you look at week seventeen. James Connor came back. Connor had fourteen carries. Samuel Samuel had two. Samuel said two. Uh, Samuel singular, and Sa- Jalen Samuel had seven catches in week seventeen, and Connor had. Don't three. know how healthy. I don't know how healthy Connor was. That well, game. he got seventeen touches, so he could have had to be pretty healthy there. But but I'm just saying, if if Connor loses he had, he had a ton of catches last year he was great in the passing game he had 55 catches in 13 games and 497 receiving yards if Samuel is the real passing downs guy if he out catches him I don't think James Conner is going to be worthy of a first round pick as you sort of just said I mean that's the risk and and if Benny Snell takes on some carries um you know it's just I, I think you got to take Conner in the first round right now um, it's Samuels, by of, the way. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's, it's plural, Samuels. And I wrote Samuels. I thought it was Samuel. Sorry. Curtis Samuel, Jalen uh, Samuels. Go ahead. I, I think you got to take Connor right now in the first round. If we start to see in the preseason that Samuels, you know, they're, they're talking maybe playing them both together, and Samuels has played H-back before. He could probably be, in essence, their second tight end, their, at least their second receiving tight end behind Vance McDonald. Um, if Snell starts to get some carries, uh I think then we'll see maybe Connor fault around too. The the question really becomes is when you start to compare Connor versus I think it's three other running backs and and obviously the receivers. Like Heath has Connor I think ranked fifth right if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
as the fifth running back. So are you taking Connor ahead of Melvin Gordon? I, I don't think ADP will tell us that, but it's 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 worth discussing. Uh, same thing with David Johnson. And then Joe Mixon. You know, those are the three guys I think that he has to sort of prove that he's better than. And for me, right, and, and probably Le'Veon Bell too. Uh, maybe Todd Gurley also. Uh, but I, I think, you know, you just start to look at what average draft position tells you. It's I'll throw a bell in that mix, but it's Bell, Mixon, Gordon, and Johnson. And that's where Connor has to either either have to like him better than those guys, or if you're like me, you're probably gonna take him over only really Mixon and Bell. Okay. I think Heath, at least in non PPR, has Gordon ahead, but that might be different in PPR. He might have Connor ahead of Gordon. Uh okay, so no, he he doesn't. I so I still think he has Gordon ahead. But yeah, I'll give some more numbers at a later podcast. We have plenty of time to crunch it. But I do think it was kind of funny that Le'Veon Bell, as great as he was, never had double-digit rushing touchdowns with the Steelers. And James Conner did it in 13 games. He had 12. There, there, There is some thought that they were kind of sticking it to Le'Veon last year because they would not necessarily give him a lot of those goal line carries and goal line opportunities. Ben would throw in those scenarios a little bit more uh, in the Le'Veon Bell tenure. Um and so it was kind of, I think, uh, a little bit of a slap to the face to Le'Veon to let yeah, Connor maybe. do that, you know, maybe. for what that's worth. That's just a theory that's out there. All right. So that's, uh, I think, one of the first tough decisions that fantasy owners will have to make to uh, take James Connor. Maybe over I mean, look, like he's, a, he's, he's a special Adams. talent in a special situation. You know, just the hope is that he gets that opportunity. News and notes, not many. Tyree Kill is going to meet with NFL investigators today. In fact, he probably already did. And Jonah Williams is almost certainly out for the season after shoulder surgery. This is uh, the first-round draft pick. Left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals out of Alabama. That's going to move Cordy Glenn back to left tackle. And pro football focus last year had Cincinnati's offensive line outside the top 20 in both run blocking and pass blocking. So obviously they wanted to upgrade it, and they drafted a, a offensive lineman with their first pick, and he's out for the season. And, and Jamie already told you that he's... Struggling now with uh, with where to rank Joe Mixon and does it? No, affect no, 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 not not struggling with where to make rank Mixon. Mixon over Connor. The, All right. the, it Mixon's still a first round pick. The, well, this doesn't change. I'll, I'll, I'll call that struggling between two players. <laughs> no, nah, it's a stretch. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but, but does it affect AJ Green at all? No, I, I mean I I think you saw what these guys were able to do behind the same offensive line essentially. Yeah, and you know. Dalton was pacing to be a, a borderline starter before Green's injury. Green was in the top 10 of, of, of PPR receivers. Boyd was, you know, obviously excellent as a breakout candidate, and Mixon was a star. So uh, the hope was that Jonah Williams would help this line, you know, pushing Glenn to right tackle and helping things just get a little bit more cohesive there and, and a little bit more talent there. Okay. Now that doesn't happen. All right, let's, uh, so let's hear from the people. I'm going to get them up on Skype. I got like seven or eight people lined up for today's show. We're going to let them ask their questions, and uh, have fun with it. All right, here we go. Let's take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, our first call-in show begins. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, Standard third-row seating, I love that. Available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, the first caller, the inaugural caller. Here we go. It's John Wilkin. John, what's up? Where are you from, John? Uh, I'm from Canada, but I live in Korea. You live in Korea? Oh, oh it's 3 o'clock in the morning for you, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is dedication. Right <laughs> I know, there. right? I'm glad I called him first. Why aren't you sleeping, man? Uh, insomnia. <laughs> All right, what, uh, what's your question today? Okay, um, I'm in the Scott Fishbowl 9, and they have a big premium, like uh, milestone premiums. So how does that change your, form, your drafting for QB? 
So like for 50 yards, you get uh, five points bonus for 50 yards rushing from anybody, including the QBs. Oh, interesting. Jamie. I'm gonna have to brush up on my Scott Fishball. I always don't look at it really until right before the draft. Um, <laughs> and 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 by the way, uh, I don't think we say this enough. What Scott does uh, for for the fantasy community and for charity, it goes without saying. Uh, his his fantasy cares uh, project that he takes on is is awesome. So follow Scott Fish on Twitter, please, and uh, enjoy the the Scott Fishball nine. Um, I'm apparently going to lose to John here because he's more in tune with it than I am. Sure. Um, I, I think, uh, anytime there's any bonus scoring for any league, you know, John, we tend to try and broaden our questions a, a little bit more than just, you know, specific to okay. certain leagues. So I, I think, you know, like when you get tight end bonuses, which the fishbowl is as well, or, or rushing bonuses for any position, um, it, it, it obviously, you know, you have to sort of look at that and, and en- enhance your value on those players a little bit more. Now, when you're adding multiple layers of bonuses, like again in the fishbowl, the, there's the tight end, you know, uh, first down bonus and uh, the the rushing bonus and stuff. I think you call it a milestone bonus. Um, yeah. You know, I I think you you sort of with the quarterback situation, you, you sort of look at the guys that are going to run more, and that just favors, you know, someone like Cam Newton if he's going to be the same guy. I I think Kyler Murray's value gets you know bumped up tremendously. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, guys who ran the ball at a high level last year. Yeah. Well, Jamie, gonna, let me let me actually. Give, because it, it's 50 yards. That's important. 50 yards to get that bonus. And I think, to me, there's only two quarterbacks, maybe only one, that I expect to really hit that threshold a lot. Because Cam Newton did not do... Cam Newton did that twice last year. Now, he was around 50. He was over 40, like, four or five other times, but he only got How many 50 times twice. before the injury? Uh... Zero. I mean, the, I mean the first half of the season. Zero. He did it okay. week 12. He had 70 yards. And week 17, he had 66. Now, he also had 49. No, he didn't week... play week 17. Who am I looking at? Oh, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'll look at Cam with even fewer yards than Deshaun Watson. But Lamar Jackson had 50 yards almost every game he started. Rushing yards. So that's I the think, guy. I think that... Kyler could be that type of guy too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about Josh Allen because he did too. But he's less of a conventional runner. He's He's, you know, he's scrambled from the pocket and... Josh Allen had 99, 135, 101, 1630, and 95 yards rushing. But Jackson's the one I feel most confident at. Okay, let me look at Cam. What I said about Cam I earlier, I meant for Deshaun. He did it three I think times, if you're, Cam. Just, just to, for Josh Allen, I think if you're like starting to compare Allen versus you know, the, the non-rushing quarterbacks, which a lot of people you know, will put him in the same range as the Phillip Rivers, maybe Roethlisberger, uh, you know, the the... I don't think he's. I think he's ahead of the Staffords, but Trubisky. You know, I think you got to factor that in because even like you said, Adam, I agree with. You know, he wasn't running by design. He still ran, and yeah, so yeah. maybe the the ninety yard games goes to fifty, and that's still good. So so okay, John. Let's say that Cam Newton. Let's you know Lamar Jackson, whatever. Well, he'll have the most. Okay, let's take uh, let's say Kyler Murray. Let's say he has five games with fifty or more rushing yards. That's basically giving him five extra touchdown passes. Like that is a huge deal. So what are you thinking, John? When are you going to start taking these mobile quarterbacks? Um, I kind of like Josh Allen, so I think I'll probably go for him a few yards, uh, a few rounds earlier, like around eight. His okay. ADP now is 125, so maybe around 100. Jamie, that makes sense to me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it depends because each fishbowl draft is different, you know, it, and that's the fun part of it is that, you know, you could see, I, I know Heath, Dave, and myself, and I think Adam, you did it one year, right? Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> I thought you did one year. Oh, Scott you got invited, then you turned it down. Yeah, right? I turned You're it down. Jerk. <laughs> You're a jerk. Um, it, uh, it, 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 all the drafts are, are, are sort of all over the place. You know, sometimes you see the quarterbacks go a lot higher. Um, so I, I think, you know, you, you sort of have to get your radar up a little bit because the first four guys will still be the first four guys. I don't think anybody's going to take Kyler Murray over Mahomes or, or Watson, Luck or Rogers, but you know, he, he may start to come into play a little bit sooner than you would think. Same thing with the Josh Allen. You know, he'll be in that, you know, probably third or fourth year of quarterbacks. But sure, uh, that, that's a good spot to sort of start to think about it. And Mahomes had a 45 rushing yard game and a 52 rushing yard game. So only met that threshold once. John, thanks, man. Get some sleep. And thank you for being our first caller. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks, John. Take care. Well, Jamie, our next caller uh, probably needs no introduction, especially if anybody listens to our radio show. He calls in with a new jingle. A self-made jingle every week. He is Pat in Ohio. Pat, what's up, buddy? What is up, fellas? 
It's been a long, long time since I've been listening. Call-ins, I didn't realize how badly I was missing them. You both know I like playing with rapid fire. I can't stop this burning desire. Mama told me from up above, find fantasy and you'll find love. Follow FFT, they'll give you advice you'll love and understand. Be a simple kind of fan. <laughs> you know I'm a streamer, sure and tie. I can't lie, I'm going to be late, but it's okay. Talking with FFT is great. You're late for something? We're, we're holding <laughs> up your day? Work. Uh, whatever, man. Whatever. I'm on my way home, sweet work. DJs is the one that pays me. Hanging out with Jamie and Adam's crazy. Ain't nothing but a stranger things, baby. <laughs> As a commissioner, I'm like, Oprah, I love giving out points. You get a point. You get a point. Everybody gets a point. Last year, I asked if running backs should get a little bit something extra for per carry. Adam said he despises it. So is there any non-categories you guys like? And if so, what is it? Hey, nice seeing you guys. Have a lovely evening. <laughs> uh, all right, so I do not like points per carry, Jamie. Uh, do you any categories that that you like that you would add to running backs? I mean, you can always do, you know, like like we see a lot first downs. Um, you know, we get that for tight ends, we get that for for receivers. Uh, but you know, carries is usually the thing that you would associate with with giving running backs a little bit of an extra boost. You could always do, uh, and this goes for any position. You know, so if it's a PPR league, you do a point and a half per catch for certain play, certain positions to weight them. Running backs would probably not be the one you want to go to, but um, I don't mind the 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 carry bonus because it. I know while it's going to still favor the elite level guys, you're still going to hit on some guys in in the middle rounds that, based on injury or based on circumstance, still end up being a high carry type of guy. Like Sony Michelle, for example, or Nick Chubb, for example. You know how yeah. those guys ended up in in their situations based on how the year started. I'll tell you what, Pat, there's one bonus that I played with last year that I don't really think I even knew was a bonus until like week 14. I was like, what? I don't understand the scoring. Uh, We had a first down bonus the entire year. I had no idea. So that one's kind of cool. Guy picks up a first down. He gets a, I I think it was like a half a point. So you could do that. Uh, Pat, get to work, man. We don't want to get you in trouble. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. In a few weeks, Pat. Yes. We'll have that radio show back, and we'll be hearing from Pat. Every single day. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. Have a lovely evening. Our next caller is Josh. Josh, where are you from, sir? Uh, I'm from Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Oh, is that far from? Is that far from me? Westchester, New York. Uh, A few hours. It's right outside Atlantic City, where I'm currently working. Too far. You you should go visit Adam. No, it's too far. I'll give you his address as soon as we (laughs) hang up on there. Uh, I've been waiting for you to slip in his phone number all these years. Uh, 954. No, stop. <laughs> stop. I've had the same phone number since high school, and uh, I, the, you know, I was going to get a discount on a phone a few years ago to change my number. If I changed my number, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm, I'm committed to this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm, same. I'm with you on that, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's part of our identity. The funny thing is nobody knows anybody's number anymore. They just have your name. In the... Anyway, Josh, uh, what, what can we do for you in the world of fantasy football? Well, one of the big uh, one of the big issues I always have is, uh, especially living where I live. So I live in South Jersey. I'm surrounded by Eagles fans, oh. and I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, even so worse. My whole life has basically been an uphill battle uh, <laughs> as a lone Cowboys fan living in South Jersey, fighting against uh, Eagles fans who uh, give me a very hard time. And my current battle is Dak Prescott versus Carson Wentz. And uh, I notice in your guys' rankings, you all have uh, Wentz ranked as a top ten quarterback nine nine and seven that being jamie dave and heath and prescott ranked uh outside at 15 16 and 12 and it just i I wonder why that is because um both of them you know three-year careers starting in 2016 dak has never missed a game wentz has you know all these health issues he's only played 16 games once dak has finished as a top 12 quarterback every year of his career uh finished six in his rookie season, Dak has the mobility that, you know, Wentz probably won't have going forward due to, due to his injuries. He scored six rushing, rushing touchdowns like clockwork every single season. And, uh, once he acquired Amari Cooper, you know, his, his pace from Cooper forward last year 
had him, you know, as a top 10 quarterback significantly above uh, Carson Wentz's pace before he was injured. So my question is, why does it seem to me that Wentz is consistently ranked above Prescott? I think, uh, well, first off, one thing that we've just found out is there's an actual person in the Northeast that is a better producer of fantasy content than that was terrific hired it was really is a great question (laughs) very very thorough um i think uh for me at least it's uh ceiling versus floor um prescott's floor i think is safer mostly the the one thing you noted is is injury um and yes he was very good when they got amari cooper last season i just Mm -hmm. worry about two things one that this is still a run-first offense that is going to sort of limit the opportunities. The Cowboys were 21st in pass attempts last year. I don't see that number rising dramatically and, and maybe not rising. It could actually fall back a little bit with Frederick coming back. And I don't think Zeke is only going to get six touchdowns rushing. So that hurts Dak's touchdown total. So uh, I think you saw Wentz pre-ACL was on an MVP pace. Uh, Pre-back injury last year was on a top 10 finish pace. Um, I just think there's a higher ceiling for Wentz in his offense. They gave him two weapons, one significant one in Deshaun Jackson, one that could be, you know, a, a decent one in terms of uh, uh, Jaw, the rookie receiver. So right. I, I just like the ceiling more for Wentz. But, you know, in terms of value, and, and if you listen to our show, you probably hear me say this a lot, I have no problem waiting for Dak Prescott. I think there are 20-plus fantasy starting quarterbacks this season. Ceilings vary for all of them. But Dak is certainly in that conversation to be a number one quarterback. And, and me having him at 15 is, does not mean you can't take him as your starter. It's just you can't fit everybody in your top 12. Yeah. And on a per-game basis, he was 17th, Dak Prescott, last year. You said, Josh, that he'd finish his top 12 every year. I, I have him 14th and 6-point and 13th and 4-point. Oh, no, opposite. 14th and 4-point, 13th and 6-point passing touchdown leagues. It depends on the site you look at, but he was right around 12, so you're right about that. One thing for your argument, I mean, he threw 29.4 passes per game before Amari Cooper and 35.6 per game with Amari Cooper. So I just don't think that that continues. But if he does throw 35 passes a game, then, yeah, he might be better than Carson Wentz. Um, But, Yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Good question. Well, I mean, the increase increase also, I forget what the guy's name uh, you had on a couple weeks back who frustrated me to no end when he talked about Zeke's uh, reception totals going down once they got Amari Cooper. (laughs) And, you know, Jamie, I think it was Jamie or or maybe Adam, one of you guys pointed out rightfully so that Zeke's receptions actually went up with the addition of Amari Cooper. Um, And I I just feel like with, you know, with Cooper opens up so much. So, you know, with Zeke getting more receptions, the addition of a true number one, and then Gallup, who I think can really embrace his role he was always really meant to be a number two guy. You know, I don't think he was sure. fit for that number one role. Right. And now I think that uh, he can flourish in that role opposite Cooper, you know, opening up more for Zeke underneath. And I don't know. I just, I think going forward, I think Dak can finally hit like the 4,000 yard mark. That's kind of eluded him thus far in his career. Josh, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Cause I got to let you go. Cause I just, I want to get the other callers on, but okay, since you probably have watched Dak, a lot more than I. We've all seen them. I mean, they're on national TV all the time, but whatever. But yeah, yeah. but you watch probably like every snap. Do you do you think he is a great quarterback? Because I don't. I, I think he's fine, but I, as I don't think he's that great of a player personally. And this is what Josh said to deal with living by Eagles fans, <laughs> Giants fans, listening to people downgrade Dak Prescott. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think he's elite. You know, I don't think he's going to be a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers. But I think he's above average, and I think he's a top. Uh, you know, top 15, 14 quarterback in the league for NFL purposes and definitely top 12 for fantasy purposes. Josh, thanks for your call, man. Great stuff. Thanks, thanks a lot, Josh. guys. Can I, thanks, thanks, guys. All Have right. Jamie, we're going south of the border for our next call. We're going to Mexico where Juan is on the Fantasy Football Today hotline. Hey, Juan, what's up, man? Hola, I guess, right? Everything good, Adam. <laughs> Just waiting for the NFL season to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Greatest fans here in Mexico, second country with most fans after the U.S. You know that. No, those awesome. games in Mexico are, are great. They're a lot of fun. Um, well, we missed one last season. Yeah. Yes, that was unfortunate. A good one, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was what, the Chiefs game? The Chiefs-Rams game? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. yeah, that would have been fun in the altitude. So, Juan, what's your question today? Listen, last, last uh, season, I have this strategy about uh, – I was late on picking quarterbacks – so I have to pick two late picks of quarterbacks, and I stream both. I had Rivers, and I had uh, Trubisky. I always uh, said that you have to play the schedule, not the player. 
So how do you think this strategy uh, works or is just a waste of uh, roster space? And if so, which two quarterbacks would you recommend me for this season to do this? Like be switching between games, whoever has the best uh, game sure. on that week. Jamie, streaming late quarterbacks? I mean, you know, that's that's uh, something I'm fond of. Um, you know, I, I think every league is, is different. If you want to carry two, you know, sometimes you don't even have to. Sometimes it could be, you know, you just go week to week and, and pick up a guy until you get somebody on a hot streak. Uh, but it's a it's a great strategy. And, and think about the two guys you picked up. You know, if you played Trubisky against Tampa Bay that week, you're you're probably thrilled about it. You know, Rivers was very good sure. for the majority of the season. Um, so, you know, it, it's something that can definitely work and, and work in your favor. Um, there are two guys that I like a lot. I know Adam is fond of one of them for sure. And that's um, both Kyler Murray and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I think you look at the upside for both those guys. You know, if Murray's A, offense that, Cliff Kingsbury wants to run translates to the NFL and his game from Oklahoma translates to the NFL. You're talking about a guy that could be a top five quarterback, you know, certainly top 10, uh, especially if the scoring is, is four points for passing touchdowns where his rushing numbers were, will hopefully, you know, be enhanced. And if Garoppolo, you know, he didn't have uh, the best start of the three games that he played, but he hit 20 points or more in two of them. And if you look at the combination of the 49ers quarterbacks last year, those three guys hit 20 or more fantasy points nine times. So, you know, there, there's a lot to like, obviously, about Kyle Shanahan's offense and certainly what Garoppolo brings. And those guys should be available late. Our previous caller just brought up Dak Prescott. You know, you could pair him with one of those guys. Uh, and, and you can even go back to the well again with Rivers. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, with his rushing totals. Josh Allen, I think, takes a step forward. Trubisky again. You know, there's just so many guys you can get late and pair two of them together. Uh, the reason I bring up both the two guys in the NFC West, though, I think you'll see the the defenses, while the Rams should be very good again, and obviously you're going to get, you know, I think still a decent performance from Seattle. I think they take a step back, but you get the opportunity of, we'll see what San Francisco's defense looked like. We'll see what Arizona's defense looks like, but those two offenses in particular should be able to be high scoring. Yeah, it's a great it's a great year to do it. it last year was as well, and uh, it's a good strategy. Juan, thank you for your question, my friend. You're very welcome. You need a closing, a new closing song. It's oh. no longer good. The one saved by the bell. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I haven't really been using it. Look, if you want to write something and record it and send it in, I'm, I'm all ears, Juan. I'm all ears. Okay. All right, challenge. Thank you, Thank you guys. Challenge. All thanks, right, thanks, Juan. Juan. Yes, Jamie, we do need a new theme song. So if anybody out there would like to make one, please send it on in. Let's get Hunter on the line. Hunter is our next caller here on Fantasy Football today. What's up, Hunter? Where are you from? Well, if uh, Dave's there, I'm from a city in north of Dallas. <laughs> Dave is not there. He's not there, but he knows Texas quite well, so you probably would have been <laughs> able to get it. Um, yeah, Dave, Dave goes not far from you. He goes to the Galveston quite a bit. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is where I'm at right now. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so uh, what's, what's on your mind, man? What's your fantasy question? So I'll make it quick. I'm in kind of an uh, interesting league here with my uh, buddy. We co-manage a team together. Um, it is a um, different starting roster than the, your typical lineup. We have one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end. We have two flexes, a defense, and a kicker. So at any given week, you can start up to three running backs and one receiver or three receivers and one running back or two and two, however you just want to kind of combine those. And so going into the draft this year with that in mind, it is a half PPR league and uh, 10 teams. So um, with that, uh, all that information, what would your strategy be going into the draft as far as, um, you know, would you would you be keen on, you know, specifically running backs, receivers? Uh, I know it kind of depends on who's on the board and who's not, um, but uh, we've kind of gone running back heavy in the past. We've won uh, runner-up two years in a row now, and so we're just trying to get over that hump of getting over uh, two running, uh, be, being second place and getting into first place this year. So what would your strategy be going into this year? I mean, it sounds like your strategy is working. You just probably had some bad luck in the in the championship game. But I would just, I mean, first off, 10-team leagues, you're going to always kind of skew best player available. Uh, and in a format like this, it's even more so. So um, it, it's probably not a bad idea if you have the opportunity to get one of the premium tight ends uh, just to lock up that position and get a little bit of an advantage. But I, I, I think it's just, you know, you, you have the opportunity here to, if, if you – get the one receiver that you like or the one running back that you like to sort of pivot to, to necessarily say, okay, I have to get a second back or a second receiver. You know, you just kind of play the board and go with the guy that you like the best or who you think is ranked the highest. And, and you should be able to get away with a, a, a pretty stacked roster that, that way. You know, you're not tied to anything, which is, which is kind of cool. 
Yeah, what I would do, yep. and what I wish I had have done by now, but I, I will before we do our position previews. I'll, I'll go through the top fifty players in non PPR, PPR, and half PPR, and see the breakdown of running back versus wide receiver versus tight end. There probably won't be that many tight ends there, but you know, I know like if you were doing a non PPR league, I'd tell you definitely running back heavy, and if you were doing a PPR league. I would tell you it doesn't matter if it's running back or wide receiver. Just prioritize pass catchers, whether it's you know the McCaffreys of the world or you know Carry On Johnson, who might be pretty good in PPR this year, or something like that. But half PPR does make it a little trickier. Yeah, man, I would I would really just go best player available. But it does seem like running backs are going to be. I think you got it. I think I think you said it yourself. Like you've been running back heavy. I I agree with Jamie. I would stick with what you do. Um, but I'll try to do that research uh, soon, and maybe that'll be helpful. Uh, thanks for your question, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Hunter. Absolutely. Thank you. Say hi to Dave, by the way, if you're uh, north of Dallas or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. All right, we're going back to the uh, same geographical location. We're going to central Texas where Jeremy is on the line. Good afternoon, Jeremy. How you doing, man? Afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for uh, coming on. This is awesome. Our first call-in show. It's been fun so far. What do you got for us today? Yeah, so a dynasty question. Um, my buddy and I have been going back and forth. I'm kind of in a win-now mode in Dynasty. Um, I've got OBJ and David Johnson, and he's offered Stephon Diggs, Darius Geis, Derrick Henry, and Lamar Jackson. You guys take that personally? No way. For those two? Just for those two. For Beckham Uh, and David Johnson? Man, that's that's not enough unless, like, is the QB scoring favor Jackson that much? Not really. Actually, it doesn't favor him. It's a six point per pass and a negative four point for INT. Oh, oh boy. Uh, you, you have a terrible friend. <laughs> He's really yeah. trying Is to that rip an you Azer off. trade? Uh, no, it's not. Look, I mean, I think no, if, if, much worse. if we love Darius Geis, then maybe this would be a different que- uh, equation. But you are giving up the two best players to get. No, you yeah. can't do this. For, right. For, I think yeah. the issue is with David Johnson's value is, is it time to move on or is this going to be a prime peak year for him? That's, Kingsbury. that's a good question for this. I think it's going to be a prime peak year for him. Now, obviously, the longevity there is not great, just given the fact of the nature of the position. But you're acquiring two guys to replace him. One who's not far off from a similar you know, career path in Derrick Henry. And the other who may never get off on the right foot. I hope he does in Derrick's guys. But, you know, we just don't know. Um, so you're, you're getting too much of a downgrade at the receiver spot. You're not upgrading enough at the running back position. And as you just alluded to with Lamar Jackson, it's not like he's going to help you that much. So yep. I, I would stick with the guys you have. Yeah. And Thanks, send, send a nasty note. Nah, just kidding. Don't do that. But yeah, <laughs> turn it down and, and uh, thank you for your call, man. That was good stuff. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. All right, Jeremy. Try to get two more, maybe just one more caller on today. Kyle is here. Kyle, what's up? You look like you're at work. Uh, yeah, I am definitely hiding in a room. <laughs> to work, so, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What do you do? Uh, I work for an insurance company. Okay. Well, they're not a sponsor of the show, so I can't let you say what it is. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Kyle, thanks for coming on. And uh, what is your question? Uh, so I've been playing fantasy football for uh, about 10 years, um, and I joined my first dynasty league last year. It's a PPR Superflex IDP total point league so it's not head-to-head um and i uh, it was an auction draft i employed the eisenberg strategy where i didn't draft anyone for like the first 25 30 players <laughs> and then just got a ton of value later on okay um so i need a better tight end but i don't really understand quite yet how to value trades so i'd like to go out and get a better tight end um but i just don't really I don't want to send an insulting trade and I don't want to overpay for somebody. And so uh, how do you value current player talent versus potential talent versus draft picks? Well, uh, insulting trade offers are right up uh, a certain person's alley here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think, uh, you know, first off, it's if anybody's insulted by a trade, unless it's just totally out of whack, you know, they shouldn't be. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, gauge the situation. Um, just to give you an example, Adam made a very 
awful trade offer in our base in our baseball <laughs> league. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, all right. So I, I try to get Blake Snell. Blake Snell got destroyed last night. He's got a five oh one ERA. So what I offered up Zach Plezak, who's been very good, and uh, who Corey Seager, right. who's coming back in like two weeks, three right. an weeks. Injured guy and a terrible guy. For no, an injured guy and, a, and an okay guy for Blake okay. Snell. So right. yeah, of course it got turned down, but. Yeah, it was a bad trade. It was a bad trade. I right, mean, but I don't think the person that Adam made the trade offer to, who we don't know, we share a team, so we, we don't know these people. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you know, have a better relationship with the people in your dynasty league. Um, you know, I don't think they were insulted by it. Uh, at least I hope not. Probably. So I, 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 think, <laughs> I think the thing that you, you, know, you want to do is you know, sort of find, if it's a dynasty league, I'm, I'm going to guess it's 25 or more people on the roster because if it's IDP, there's got to be a ton. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be people that are probably carrying two or three tight ends, you know, and I think in, in the case of who's your tight end now? Uh, Austin Hoover. OK, so it's not bad. Um, you know, he's not a top tier guy, but he's not somebody that I think uh, you, you should be upset about starting. If you're looking for some future potential, did you have your rookie draft already? Uh, we have not. OK, so, you know, I, I would say, you know, you could look to see who drafted Hawkinson, who drafted Fant, you know, maybe look to see who they have as their first tight end or their other tight end. The other part of it would be is, you know, th there's two schools of thought. Can you try and maybe get a veteran guy that doesn't have long term value? Maybe somebody like a Delaney Walker, uh, maybe Vance McDonald, who's not necessarily old, but, you know, just hasn't proven himself yet, but also not exactly a, a young guy. Um, you know, somebody that's not necessarily one of the premier guys or did somebody draft over the last couple of years that has a Kelsey or an Ertz that added a, a Najoku or a Herndon or, you know, somebody that has the chance to have that sort of blow up type potential that you can get not necessarily with with that you don't necessarily have to overpay for. So I, I think, you know, you always want to try and mix and match in Dynasty. The nice thing about it is you can throw in draft picks. You know, you can throw mm -hmm. in, you know, obviously, you know, it's a lot of two for two for ones, two for twos, you know, but I, I think, you know, you can sort of try and pair some draft picks, especially since you haven't had your rookie draft yet. You can maybe try and attach a rookie pick to a player uh, that you're giving up to yeah, get. Yeah, like how do, a, how do you value player. how do you value draft picks, Jamie? Like let's say somebody offers you a second round pick in a dynasty league. I kind of just sort of roll my eyes at it. like yeah, the second round pick it could end up being a very good player. It's probably not going to be, I would say. So well, I think I think it like depends that, on what you need. You know, it, if there's if there's a team that's in a you know total rebuild, they're going to take a second round pick. You know for for somebody that, you know, may not have such long-term appeal for them, you know, so I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, Jared Cook obviously doesn't have a lot of long-term appeal. You know, he's, he's in his right. mid 30s and, and has a chance for a great season this year, but the long-term factor isn't there. So if somebody got lucky with Jared Cook last season, or, you know, I'll use the Delaney Walker example again, just because he's in his mid 30s and he's coming back from a, from a terrible injury, but he still has a lot of upside um, or some upside. You know, so I, I think you can sort of look at those second round picks, third round picks, you know, maybe package two of them. Or if you're trying to swing for the fences like Dave, for example, I wish Dave was here because he could probably speak to this. Dave is in uh, a dynasty league that we compete against where his team is in a, in a rebuild mode. But he has George Kittle. And so I think if if Dave got the right offer of first round pick next year, maybe a, a, a decent young tight end in return, a Fant or a Hawkinson, you know, and, and then maybe another player because he needs to rebuild his receiving core. I just know this from his team. Um, you know, that's something he may entertain, you know. So you can look at a team that's in kind of rebuild mode or a team that, you know, may have a, a chance to win it now, and you can give that team something else, but they have a good second tight end. Like I said, a Njoku, a Herndon. Uh, they may draft a Hawkinson or a Fant. You know, th those are the type of things I think you want to explore. All right, cool. That, does that help? Yeah, it does. Uh, very Great. much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate thanks, it. Now yeah, go back to bet. work. Take care, guys. Yeah, go back Kyle, to work. don't get in trouble. Right? <laughs> right. Sell some insurance. Later. See you later, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. And I want to remind all of you, if you're a poker fan, it is that time of year again. The World Series of Poker is here. It's the 50th year of the most popular poker tournament in the world. You can have a front row seat to the bracelet events with CBS All Access. CBS All Access, everybody. So you can either download the CBS app or you can go to cbs.com. Slash poker. Starting now until July 16th, you can live stream the final tables of 33 of the World Series of Poker bracelet events, including 25 events that you cannot watch anywhere else. So again, this is on the CBS app or go to cbs.com slash poker. You can get a free trial, by the way, so start watching today and do not miss any of the action. 
I had one more caller lined up, Jamie, but unable to connect with Jacob. So, Jacob, sorry, next time we will get you on. Meanwhile, uh, let me just read a couple emails and we'll finish up. We might, we might do another show. I'm sorry, what? Jacob, he's lying to you. <laughs> he's never going to call you, ever. We might do another show tomorrow. Um, yeah. We might. You made me block off my schedule. Should we do another show tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Okay, we'll do another show tomorrow. We'll do three this week. So let me read a couple emails now, and we'll read a lot tomorrow. Keith from Richmond, Virginia. Dear Snake, Brain, and Hawk. Those feel like 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 a Steven D'Souza movie. Could be Jake the Snake, Bobby the Brain. And I don't know who Hawk is. Oh, That's one of the Road Warriors. I'm seeing Escape from New York is popping up here. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I think it's... I think it's Snake Plis- Pliskin, or whatever. I've never seen Escape from New York, but I've seen Escape from L.A. What's the, the first one's New York, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's much better than L.A. But I don't know. All right, Keith's question. I have Duke Johnson in a PPR Dynasty League, and I'm trying to decide what to do with him. He's my fourth running back, so I'm not counting on him as a starter, but is he too valuable? But he is too valuable to cut. If Duke stays in Cleveland, he won't be worth much, but if he gets traded to a team like the Texans, he could be very exciting. Is Duke Johnson worth holding on to? If Duke can escape from Cleveland, can he be a number one, or should I leave him for dead on the 69th Street Bridge? Oh, that's got to be an Escape from New York reference, right? I mean, it should be Escape from Cleveland because that's what Duke Johnson needs to do. Look, uh, <laughs> I think that, there, yes, you absolutely should <laughs> hold on to him. Um, the, the, the two things that still are favorable for him, one is he gets traded which is the immediate thing. The second thing is that I doubt highly Kareem Hunt stays in Cleveland past this year because my guess is he's going to want to try and get a, a feature job somewhere or certainly get paid a little bit more you know, than the, the minimum deal he's under. I believe he's under a minimum deal. Um, he's on a one-year contract with Cleveland. So if you know, the Browns' offense has the potential to do what I think a lot of people are hoping for, myself included, and then Duke Johnson becomes back to the second guy where he's an injury away to at least getting more work or just becomes the passing downs guy. He's, he still has value as a fourth running back. He's never going to be a premier starter in the current environment that he's in. But if he does get traded or, in fact, you know, there, there's things that happen around him next year, I think there's still a lot to like about Duke Johnson's future. I think there are a lot of people that really believe in Duke Johnson. They feel like he's one of the most underutilized players in football. He's extremely efficient per touch. I personally feel like the more work he gets, the less efficient he'd be. I think he's probably a little too small. He got banged up all the time in college, and I really thought he was going to be too injury-prone in the NFL, and he hasn't missed a game in four years. But I think part of that is he's never had more than 104 carries, never had more than 165 touches in a season. So I'm not sure. Like, like if he got hurt before Kareem Hunt is back, you know, I don't. Okay, I don't really know their depth chart. I'm sorry, but I I just don't see a scenario where Duke Johnson. It's like a Jalen Richard. I just don't think he's getting like more than ten carries a game. No, but again, you know, as your fourth back on a dynasty team, you know, right. I mean, clearly there are, there are a lot of guys you could say are are better in that scenario that may have more upside. But I I still think that if there is the chance for a trade, which is clearly possible. You, you don't want to miss out on that. And then again, you don't know what happened next year. I, I may have said that if he gets hurt before Kareem Hunt comes back, I meant if Chubb gets hurt. They have Dontrell Hilliard, Hilliard and uh, Treyon Gray. Oh, another hurricane on their roster. So let's go to our next email here. It is from Tim from the Limestone City of Canada. And I don't know where that is, but I do want to say, Jamie, I'm very, very excited for Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock, USA versus France. Very excited. Go USA. Thank you. I'm glad you're rooting for the right team. Uh, You could almost say, since this sound clip came from the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, that it's worthy of a Cy Young Award. And he is referring to, of course, the Heath Cy. It's so creepy. It is so (laughs) creepy. (laughs) I love it. Somebody asked me if they could have the file so they could make it their ringtone. And yes, if you email me, you can have the file. You better get Heath's permission, then. Do I need it? Yeah. There's no way he's saying no to that. I'd sue you. Uh, okay. Uh, wondering what your take is on waiting so long to take a tight end that you may end up having to do week-by-week flyers in a 14-team 
non-PPR league? I mean, it's obviously not ideal to have to go that route, but you could still hope to, you know, strike gold with someone. I mean, the obvious answer from a year ago would be Eric Ebron, you know, who was a late round pick in in clearly a a ton of leagues. Um, One guy I think that could sort of potentially have that type of, not that upside, clearly only scoring 14 touchdowns, but, you know, who could be a, a, a starter in a 14 team league is Mark Andrews for the Ravens, who, you know, clicked a little bit with Lamar Jackson toward the end of last season has the chance to, you know, be the feature guy that spot this year. Um, it's, it's, you know, just playing the board out, you know, if you're going to start to see, you know, I, I think the tight end waves are going to go in, in, in a few different spots. You'll see the first three guys go in the first two rounds. Then it's that next group of guys, which is Ingram, Howard and Henry. Then it's cook and Ebron. And then it's kind of the that's where the roulette starts to come in. So, you know, if you're in the camp of Vance McDonald, David Njoku, I should, Njoku is probably in the in the Cook Ebron group, but you know, Vance McDonald, Chris Herndon, um, one of the two rookies, maybe both, Delaney Walker. You know, that's I think if 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 you are really waiting, like that's the group you want to try and get one of those guys, or then you're kind of like, okay, I'm stuck with. Hoping for Trey Burton, hoping for Kyle Rudolph, hoping for Jimmy Graham, um, Jordan Reed should be in that other group ahead of that. But it's it's not ideal, but it's just something you may have to do. Not everybody's going to get one of the lead tight ends, just you know by nature of it. I'm trying to look at the best teams from last year in our 14 team. It is PPR. I'm not really sure it matters. Um, the four best teams were Heath, who won, and he had Travis Kelsey. This team, Juji Fruits, Smith Schuster. Uh, I hope there's somebody that has a bad name that you say by accident. It probably will happen. Juji Fruits. Oh, touchdown there. At Jared Cook. (laughs) Um, Oh, I shouldn't have closed the roster grid. Sorry, this is really exciting. Dave had one of the best teams. Dave and Phil Klein. And see who they're. They had Zach Ertz. (laughs) Um, And then the last team in the top four in the regular season, at least. Yeah, this one I'm not going to say out loud because I don't know if it's <laughs> bad. It has to do with Butterfingers. George Kittle. So how about that? The top four teams had Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey, and Jared Cook. Obviously, Kelsey and Ertz were high picks, but the other ones weren't. Cook and Kittle were not. I don't. I honestly don't remember where Kittle was going, but he was hurt at the beginning of the year. Yep. So, you know what? Let's satisfy my quest for knowledge here and find out. Where George Kittle went, everybody, and then you can, if you're not interested, you can just stop because like the show's pretty much over. But if you want to know where George Kittle went in our 14 team PPR league last year, he went with the second pick of round eight, and that would be too much math for me. That would be 100th overall. How about that? All right, Jamie Eisenberg. Let's see where Jared Cook went. By the way, oh wow, round 12 <laughs> in a 14 team league. So. Good job there, getting uh, getting elite tight ends basically in uh, mm-hmm. late in the draft. Jamie, thank you very much. Oh, Jacob's on the phone. He's calling. Well, we got to get him now. Do it. Okay, how do I do this? Jacob, are you there? Jacob. Hey, how's it going? There's man? Jacob. He stepped Jacob. outside from work. He's here. Jacob, how's you got you got you got to understand, Jacob. We were just wrapping up the show, so you just made it. You yes, are yes. you are the gotta go by question of the day. <laughs> okay, I'll hurry I'll hurry up then, and I appreciate it. I've been listening to you guys for over three years now, so appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, go so for my it. question is: um, Do I go with my heart, or do I go with my brains when it comes to picking first in my my uh, draft this upcoming year? I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm leaning going Christian McCaffrey. It's a half point PPR league that I'm in, or do I go? Saquon Barkley this year. Hmm. We well, should probably not ask me because I have to make that decision between my heart and my brain. Now, my heart and brain would both <laughs> would both tell me Barkley, Jamie, uh, Barkley or McCaffrey. I I would take Barkley just because I I think he's a better talent and a better fantasy option. That's not a slight to McCaffrey, who's awesome. The only thing I think, and this is you know for a lot of people that face this dilemma, is a lot of people like fantasy as an escape from their regular NFL watching or, you know, uh, you know, how they root for their teams because if McCaffrey gets hurt 
and the Panthers have a terrible season, you're going to be losing out on both ends of the spectrum. If McCaffrey, if Barkley goes off and the Panthers are bad and, and McCaffrey gets hurt, then you're not as upset, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. I, I, but look, I mean, you can't go wrong with the other side of that, that if the Panthers have a Super Bowl season and McCaffrey's the MVP or awesome, That'd be you fun. know, then you're getting it, you know, the, the double whammy on that. So uh, if you think McCaffrey's the best player, take, take you think is the best player. And he's certainly in that conversation. Awesome. Appreciate your guys' help, and I'll continue to be an avid fan and avid listener, and uh, appreciate you guys. Well, you don't have to go yet. I got a question. I got a follow-up question. For sure. All right. Let's say you're you're a Panthers fan. You're sitting there on Sunday. You're watching the game. Well, first of all, I never got to ask this question to people, but what is your Sunday ritual? Do you watch the Panthers game? Do you watch Red Zone? Like, what do you do on Sunday? Yeah, so I have Red Zone. Um, my wife hates me for it, though, because I like ignore <laughs> her during Sundays. But, um, but, yeah, so I sit on my couch, watch Red Zone with my son, I've converted converted him to be a Panthers fan, so he wears his McCaffrey jersey every Sunday, nice. loud and proud. So uh, yeah, and then I go to church in the morning. So that's it. All right, great. So so like you don't watch the Panthers game because you maybe stream it, you know, on a second yeah, no, screen. I, I watch it live, but I also try to be honest with you. I prefer watching it through um, the actual red zone, and then I'll I'll tape my Panthers game and watch it on my own. And so I put my earmuffs on during the day, and I tell my friends, "Don't bug me. Don't tell oh, cool. me. Don't spoil it." So. All right. All right. So my, my awesome. question was really this. Like, let's say you're, you're doing your fantasy, you know, it's Sunday. You're playing against Christian McCaffrey. While oh, jeez. Yeah, like how much does that suck um, for you? It, it does kind of suck. I honestly would prefer winning my fantasy league. I've been in the same league for 10 years, so it means a lot. So I'd actually prefer winning that week, honestly. All right. So <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go with Barkley then. I think you go with Barkley. Cool. Awesome. But, well, thanks, guys. All right, Jacob. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to call us, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Thank you take so care, much. guys. We'll see you, Jamie. See Adam. All righty. See, that's how we should end the show. Forget about my terrible outros. We should just have people randomly call in at the end of every show. And uh, that, that was much better. Thank you to everybody for being part of this show. I had a lot of fun. Jamie had a lot of fun. I will speak for him. And we will talk to you tomorrow. No, no, no. That, uh, Jake, Jacob's, Jacob's call was brought to you by Gotta Go Buy. Uh, <laughs> the place where you get out of a show faster than anybody gives you credit for. See you later. Bye, everyone.